Uh, John chapter 11, I want to read this and I want to jump right into what I believe God is speaking because he's already doing it. Um, he's already doing it. And so I'm really excited about today's message, John chapter 11. Uh, here's a man uh, named Lazarus, uh, who, who if you know the story, Lazarus dies. Um, but the end of the story is phenomenal that you're going to see today that, that God comes on, or Jesus comes on the scene, he resurrects him. And yeah, that's a pretty phenomenal thing, right? Uh, pretty awesome. I mean, Jesus himself hasn't even died and raised yet. Now here he is, man, showing people what he's going to do. Uh, talk about a live demonstration. Come on, somebody. That is fantastic. The weekend after Easter. You do not want to miss the week. You don't want to miss Easter either, but you do not want to miss the weekend after Easter. We are having a guy named Benjamin. Cool name, by the way. We're having a guy named Benjamin. Uh, What's his last name? Patrick, Benjamin Patrick here, and he was clinically dead for 36 hours. He was in the morgue, and he popped back up to live in the morgue, freaked everybody out that was there. They were running like, what's going on? He's going to be here speaking, okay? And, uh, I mean, that is going to be awesome, right? I mean, we have Resurrection Sunday, Easter, and then we actually have somebody here. Come on now. That's going to experience it. I mean, that's pretty cool, and so don't miss that Sunday invite. Here's the thing. It's a perfect Sunday to invite somebody because everybody wants to hear a story about being raised from the dead, okay? And so invite somebody to Easter and then tell them to come on back uh, to to, to, to see Benjamin Patrick. It's going to be awesome. John chapter 11, starting in verse 1. Now, a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with anointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. Isn't that pretty awesome? He whom you love. Didn't even, he didn't say Lazarus was ill. just said he whom you love is ill. Oh, I know who that is, right? Yeah. Pretty cool. He whom you love is ill, verse 4. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to his disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and you are going there again, Jesus answered. Are there not 12 hours in the day? Uh, If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees Uh, light of this world but if anyone walks in the night he stumbles because the light is not with him after saying these things he said to them our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep but I I go to wake him the disciples said to him Lord if he's fallen asleep he'll recover now Jesus had spoken of his death but they thought that he meant taken rest and sleep then Jesus told them plainly you dummies Lazarus is dead (laughs) and for your sake I'm glad that I was not there so that you may believe But let us go with him. So Thomas called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us all go that we may die with him. (laughs) Idiot. Okay. Verse 17. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning her brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection of the last day. Jesus said, you're not getting it, girl. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Kind of. 
Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of the God who is coming into the world. When he had said this, she, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here and he is calling for you. When she heard it, she rose quickly and went, with the, uh, went, went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house, mourning, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet saying, Lord, if you had been here, heard that one before, your brother would not have, my brother would not have died. And when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled and said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? And Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and the stone lay against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. And Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believe you would see the glory of God. So he took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, and I knew that you always hear me, but I say this on the account of these dumb people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. Verse 43. When he said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to the church, unbind him and let him go. God, we thank you for your word today. God, I pray that in the next few moments we have together, that, Lord, you would speak to us. That, God, we would, we would glean from your word today. That we would grasp what you want to speak to us today. And, Lord, we would be eternally changed as well as challenged in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Have you ever found yourself in a situation before where you felt like God was too late? Or am I the only one? Have you ever found yourself in a position, a place where, where, where you're looking at your life now and you're thinking, man, if only God would have showed up then. But now as you look at your circumstance and situation, you think, man, and it's not like you don't love God anymore. You still love him. But you're sitting there in your situation and your stuff, and you're looking at it, and you're saying, man, if God just would have showed up then, but now it's too late. It's, 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 I guess I'll have to do something else. I guess things will be a little different. Has anybody ever been there before? God, you're too late. God, you're too late. God, you're too late. I've been there before. And I'm sure many of us sitting here have been there before, whether it, whether it be in our finances, whether it be in a relationship, whether it be in a sickness, and, and you don't even have hope or faith anymore that God's really going to heal that. You're just hoping that somehow life is going to be okay, right? But I don't really believe he's going to do that because, I mean, it's there. It's too late. It's too late. I love talking to, to college people, and, and, and one of the great subjects about college, to college people is career and spouse, right? And they feel like they got the career thing figured out, although something like 76% of people that go to college never work in their intended major ever in their life. Say something. But But the one that they really struggle with, because the reality is I can get a job, 
you know, I can, I can do that. I can work at Starbucks. I can be a nanny. I can whatever. Okay, I can get a job. But the one they really struggle over is, is who am I going to marry, right? And I love it when I talk to people, uh, young men, like, yeah, you know, I'm hoping I get married by the, 25, by the age of 25. Well, like, that's some magical number sometimes, right? Like, why 25? Well, because I made a pact with my friend that if we're both not married by 25, then you ever had a friend like that? Come on, be honest. You had a friend like that. How many of you were that friend? Yeah. Okay. I, I know so many people that they, they say, you know, hey, if, if we're not both married by the time we're 25, you want to get married? Yeah. <laughs> what an awesome prearranged situation, right? As if God isn't big enough to move in that thing. So if I hit 25, it's like, oh, God, you're late, you know. Like, you can't do it. And so I guess, I guess I'll take care of it, God, you know. So I'll, I'll set it up now because <laughs> you're not going to, right. I've been there before. I've been there uh, when, when my wife and I first moved to San Diego in 1999 to help start a church just north of here before we ended up in Las Vegas. And I remember, man, that you talk about a faith trip, a faith journey, man. This was a faith trip for us. And there were so many situations and times when bills were coming, something was happening. We, were, we had no jobs at the time. We were just strictly living off of support that would be sent to us. And we were just giving ourselves to the ministry and giving ourselves to the church because that's what God spoke to us to do. And so we're doing that. But I remember one particular day, man, it was, it was like the fifth day of the month and, and the rent was due. Anybody know that day? Right? Rent was due on our, 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 little, our little apartment uh, uh, up in Rancho Bernardo. And uh, we, owed, we, owed, we needed 500 more dollars. And it was the day of. We needed it by 5 o'clock. We even got a phone call from the manager of the apartment complex. Hey, I just want to remind you the rent's due today. Thanks. <laughs> And so I remember, you know, we looked at each other and I said, babe, we don't have 500 more dollars. We don't even have five more dollars. Like, we're going to eat our poodle tonight for dinner because we ain't got nothing, right? And, and so we just, we did what we knew how to do. We got down on our hands and knees. We prayed. Literally, we prayed. And, and then we prayed again in the afternoon. And then we prayed again in the mid-afternoon. <laughs> and then it was like for something. And we got down on our hands and knees and said, God, look, we need this money in the next 30 minutes. God, you're late. <laughs> And I kid you not, that phone rang about 4.45. I don't even remember who it was. Four o'clock? Four o'clock. Rang. I don't even remember who it was that called us. All I remember is answering the phone and said, hello. And it was some business person in our church. And they were like, you know, it's the weirdest thing. I was just sitting here at my desk. And I feel like God told me to give you $500. I said, man, that is the strangest thing. <laughs> I don't know why you would have got that thought. <laughs> And then I hung up the phone. I started dancing, you know. I don't even know how to dance, but I did that that moment, you know. I, mean, I thought God was late. Well, God's timing, God's timing's perfect. God's timing's perfect. God's timing's amazing to me. This last week, I, I, was, I was sitting there trying to order something online from a place I, I order things all the time. It's not a difficult process. And, and so I punched in the stuff and punched in, and I, and I hit send, and, and it came back with an error message. Okay, one of those error messages, if you're an impatient person like I am, one of those error messages you can handle, but by the time the second one comes, you're going to need to buy a new computer, if you know what I'm talking about, <laughs> you know, I'm just like, are you kidding me, five error messages, 30 minutes trying to order this thing, Katie even came over and tried to help me, because I thought, man, is it my fingers, you know, what's going on, and, and same thing, like seven error messages, finally I said, forget it, I am not ordering this thing. Like, like 30 minutes go by, and so I said, I'll just go and do my next errand. I had to run and make the deposit. 
So I run down to, uh, to make the deposit in the bank, and I get there, and I get up the elevator, and there's a guard standing there, and he's like, I'm sorry, sir, the bank just got robbed. You can't go in. And my first thought was like, I am so glad for all those error messages. <laughs> I started repenting before God. I was like, dear God, thank you so much. Anytime you want to give me an error message, God, please feel free, you know? So the next time you're complaining about all those red lights you're hitting, come on, somebody. Okay? God's timing's amazing, but there are so many times in our life where, where we look at a circumstance, a situation, and we actually begin to look at God and say, God, you're late. I mean, if you would have showed up a week ago, if you would have showed up a year ago, if, if you just would have been here for me at that moment, then things could have been better. Here's a story. If you feel that way, you're not alone. Because here we have a man named Lazarus, and the Bible says at the very beginning that Lazarus had fallen ill. He's ill. At this moment, he's sick, but everybody believes that if Jesus comes, it, it can still work out. So much so that, 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 that Lazarus' sisters say, hey, can you guys go for us and go find Jesus? Because if you get him here in this present circumstance, God can do something. So we need to get him now. He was ill. I mean, all the people at this moment believe that, that, that if we get there at this moment, Jesus comes now, things are going to be all right. Things will be okay. Jesus can do that. He can handle this one. And we see it through this whole entire passage. I mean, even later on in verse 21 and 37 where, where it's like, Jesus, if you had been here, he wouldn't have. Jesus, if you, if you would have came, even the onlookers said, hey, I mean, this is Jesus, the one that opened the blind eyes. He could have kept him from dying. So it was an illness. The reality is, as most of us, that's our framework. That's our faith level. You heard it from Julia today. I really didn't believe that God was going to heal it. I just thought, maybe my faith was that if he could just stop it. I mean, it's already there. If he intervenes now, he can stop it. That's where most of us live our life. We live our life at that faith level. That God, you can help me in this. It's at a place, God, where you can do that. where their faith was at. Most of us live right there. But our God is greater. But here's where the story gets interesting to me. And Jesus already knows. Look at verse 4. Here he says, hey, this death, or this, this illness, is going to lead to death. It's going to be for the glory of moi, you know? It's a great story. But where the story gets really good to me, in these verses, I, I've, been, I've been like mulling them over for the last seven to ten days, just looking at them, is verse five and six. I want to read it to you again. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, so when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer where he was. I love them so much that I'm going to just stay here and let Lazarus die. Are you reading the same Bible I'm reading? I'm, honestly, I struggle with that one. I'm like, because I, I know this, that if my daughter was sick and she was ill and it wasn't looking good, I was like, yeah, I'll get to you later, girl. No, I'm there. I'm like, I'm like call 911. Let's get her to the hospital. And my wife's like, babe, it's just a sliver, you know? This, 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 I mean, this, this boggles my mind. 
He loved him so much. I mean, the way it paints it. And Jesus loved Lazarus, Martha, and Mary. Loved him dearly with all his heart. Would do anything for him. So he stayed two days longer. I don't get it. He stays. I'm I'm going after this thing. But but if if we read all of Scripture, we understand that that God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher. In other words, you will never understand why he does when he does it. Just don't even try to figure it out, okay? I mean, when you read the Bible, you read what God does in some of these stories, and you're like, what? I think we mentioned this one a couple weeks ago when, when Jehoshaphat hears from God. He says, hey, put the worshipers out in front of the army. I mean, to me, that's like, a, that's like a, we're too freaked out to go do it. So let's just, I'm tired of these guys in music anyway, so let's put them out there and let them get killed. I'm ready for some rap. I'm tired of all that, you know. Okay. It just doesn't make sense. I mean, even in, even in the Gospels where Jesus starts making mud in, you know, uh, uh, with spit and dirt. And then just starts smearing it in a dude's eyes. Why? I don't know. But it worked. Okay, this, this, this is where the story gets really good. He loved him so much that you know what? And so now the thing runs its course. And now Lazarus is dead. Runs its course. And now we get to a place where the people in our story think, wow, it's over. I mean, Jesus, if you just would, why did you wait? If you just would have came back here back then, you could have done it. But now, hey, join the morning party because it's over. They think at this moment it is completely over. He allows it to run its course. Everyone thinks it's over. I mean, l- listen, listen to, to Mary's response. Do not roll the stone away. There's going to be a stench there by now. And this is after. And mine's got the red letters. This is after Jesus. I'm the resurrection and the life. I know. I know it theologically. But right now we're talking about my brother. And by the way, Jesus, if you would have showed up then, we wouldn't even be going through any of this. You're late. God, you're late. They think it's over. It doesn't look good. It's hopeless. I mean, look, look at verse 21. Verse 21. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Look, 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 look at verse 32. Now when Mary came to where Jesus uh, was and saw him, she fell at his feet saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Look at verse 37. Verse 37, but some of the people said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Wow. This is, this is where they're at. Jesus, you could have done that, but you can't do this. God, if you would have showed up a year ago in my life, if you would have, if you would have came at this moment when I was walking through that and my, my parents were, were in the middle of a divorce, if you would have showed up then, maybe you, could have, maybe you could have fixed that. I mean, God, if you would have showed up in my marriage back and maybe we wouldn't be walking through what we're walking through right now. I mean, God, if you would have, if you would have showed up on my job that one day, that one moment, that one time, then, then maybe I wouldn't be where but, but now, God, I love you, but... But you're too late. But you're too late. 
you're too late. How many times do we find ourselves in the same position? Hmm. Let me ask you this question. What area of your life today does it look like God's too late? What, 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 what area of your life? You're saying, well, I mean, I don't have a dead brother. What area of your life? What, what dream that you had is dead? You thought, man, I remember having this dream when I was 18. And, but, man, now I'm 29, 30, you know, and it was a good dream. But it's, it's I don't know, it's dead. God, it would have been a good, maybe someone else will get that dream and they'll, they'll do it. But God's looking at you still. What, what area of your life do you feel like God's too late? Do you, do you feel like God missed it? Maybe he just put some error messages in your way because he was saving you from something. Maybe he just put some red lights to slow you down a little bit. But what area of your life do you feel like God is late? He waited. I don't, I don't get this part. He waited. He waited. Now, I've heard people preach it before, and, and they say, well, he waited four days because at the time there was this thing going around where it would mimic death, and so and if they, they usually rose up again on the third day, and so he wanted to wait and see if that ran its course, and so it didn't, so on the fourth day. Listen to me. The reason he waited four days is because he wanted to show that he was dominant over death. The reason he waited four days is because he loved them enough to say, look, the level that you're living at now, Mary and Martha, the, the place that you're, that's good. Man, you got some faith. You believe I can do this. But listen to me. I want to take you to a new level. I want to take you to a new place. I want to show you how great, how awesome, and how magnificent my love is for you. And what perplexes me about the whole entire story is that nobody had faith to believe it could happen. It boggles my mind. Because as a pastor, I just want to say, hey, guys, come on, have some faith. I mean, because there's other scriptures that say, according to your faith, so be it unto you. No one even believed it could happen. Everyone in the story is like, if you would have been here, if you would have showed up back, back then, I mean, Martha kind of tries to get it. Oh, I know, you're the son of God that's come into the world. And this is after his speech of, I am the resurrection of the life. Nobody had faith for it. What gets me even more is Lazarus had nothing to do with it. <laughs> right? I mean, he didn't even have a choice. Even if he wanted to stay dead, he can't. I mean, he has no choice in the whole matter. Can you imagine that conversation later? Listen, why in God's name, Mary and Martha, I was kicking it, man, and we, what is wrong with you? Because wait, we, we, you just wait till next week, because we're going to read the rest of the story. It gets better. See, now you want to come back next week, don't you? You better. No one in this scenario believed. And Jesus knew that up front. Verse 4. This doesn't lead to death. This is going to be for my glory because these people still don't get it. He waited. He waited. 
Why did he wait? Because he wanted to show how much he loves his people. Because here's the reality, ladies and gentlemen, we all, he even heard Julius. Like, I didn't even have faith. And at that moment where she didn't have faith, she was probably thinking, I don't even have faith for this. Like, that's probably like, am, am I partial sinner here? Because that's the way we feel sometimes. If I don't believe enough for this thing, it's just not going to, if I don't pray enough for it, if I don't fast enough for it, if I don't read enough of the word for it, if I don't impress Pastor Ben enough for it, if I, if I, don't, if I don't serve in some area of ministry for it, I mean, I mean, come on, I mean, if I don't do this for it, I don't do that for it, and we work ourselves up, listen to me, the church is not about works, it's about grace, because that's what he's about. And sometimes he does things, not because you have enough faith, and not because you contended enough for it, sometimes he does things just because he loves you. And that's it. For God so loved the And if you look up the word world, it means humanity. He loved this fallen people. They were doing nothing except for corrupting the earth. They were doing nothing except for messing everything up on the planet. And in that moment, he didn't come because, oh. You've prayed long enough, church. You've fasted long enough. You served me long. Now I'm going to send my one and only son. He said, you people don't get it. And I love you so much that I'm just going to come and do it for you. I love Lazarus and Mary and Martha so much that I'm going to wait. Because let patience have its perfect work in you, that you will be perfect. In, I hate that verse. <laughs> you know you do too. Let patience have its perfect work. You'll be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. I don't mind lacking some things, God. Please show up now. <laughs> I'll lack a few things if that means you'll... Oh, this, this, this one really gets me. First Peter 5, 11. And after, you, after you've suffered a little while, <laughs> the God of all peace will come and comfort you. It, it goes on and says these like five miraculous things that are really amazing. But I can't get over the first part. <laughs> after you've suffered a little while? Look, I have two problems with that. First is this. I know what Jesus' definition of suffering is. Are you with me? <laughs> Painful. The second problem I have with this is, what's a little while to God? <laughs> I mean, if a day is like a thousand years, and if I'm like, oh, dear Jesus. <laughs> God, help me. Hmm. And so he waited. Four days. What area of your life is God waiting in? What area are you sitting in right now saying, God, it's too late? What area right now are you sitting in? You think that God's forgotten about you. I got good news for you today. Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it can't spring up. And bear fruit 
unless a vision dies, it can't be resurrected. What area of your life are you looking at? My God, you, you're late. Lord, I thank you for your word today. God, I thank you that your word is, is awesome. God, your word is living, it's powerful, it's active, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. God, you're so good. God, you're so good. We prayed for some people at the beginning, and I, I just, I just want to do this right now, and then we're going to wrap things up. That's amazing. It's only 1145. Who says you need to preach 45 minutes to preach a good message? See what I mean, though? Wouldn't it have been great to save that prayer time for the end? In my flesh, I wanted to do that because it would be like, Why don't you close your eyes? Because there's still some more people here that need to be touched by God. Just a little bit ago, we had a, we had a response, and people needed a miracle. They needed a breakthrough. And you heard Julia's testimony. Phenomenal. God's doing. God's still doing it today. God's working in you right now. God wants to touch you where you're at right now, in this moment, in this place. But Lazarus has been dead for, I mean, come on. I mean, can God really do this? I mean, by now there's a smell. By, by now my life looks really bad. By, by now my situation seems horrific. By now, I don't know that we want to really dig into this thing. I don't know that you really want to go into that issue right now. I don't really know that you want to dig deep. And I don't know that you want to do that. But he's calling you out. He's calling you for it. And you're here this morning, and I want to pray for you. Maybe you responded earlier, awesome, but you're here and, and you have not yet responded and you know that you know, listen to me, do you have to come forward to have a breakthrough? No, you don't. You can have one right in your seat. You can have one on, on your drive home. You can have one tonight in the quietness of your room, but listen to me. Jesus is calling Lazarus out right now. And I love the last part where he turns to the church and he says, hey, you guys, unwrap them. Unwrap them. Unwrap them. Listen to me. The church doesn't save the church disciples. The church doesn't save. No, you're saved by grace through faith. You're, you're saved by what Jesus did on the cross and, and his work. But listen to me. The part of the church comes in and says, man, you've got some grave clothes on you still. You've got some blinders over your eyes still. And if, if you'd let me, Lazarus, I'd come in and we could begin to take those things off of you so that you could begin to get going on with life. See, listen to me. I believe you're saved today. I believe you love God today. I believe you love Jesus today, but you're still sitting wrapped up in some stuff and you just need to get out of your seat and say, pastor, that's me. Could you take some stuff off my life today? here this morning and you say, Pastor, that's me. I, 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 I've discovered some areas in my life that I believe God's too late or, or some areas that are dead, but I, I hear you today. He's here to resurrect it. 